No doubt about it. Things are crazy right now. Just read a paper. On second thought, don't. You're listening to something rock solid. Something to depend on. Believe in. Expert information on gaming. Odds. And more. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. Network. Tuesday on the morning after, right here on Sports Grid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, the new home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. And all across the Sports Grid Network, I'm your host, Ben Stevens. What about that game in Buffalo, New York on a Monday night between the Bills and the Patriots? A beautiful tribute and ode to the Army-Navy game. Why? Because the Patriots threw the ball three times. It was like watching football in the year 1919. But the Patriots remain the hottest team in all of the NFL, winning seven straight. We break down that game on Monday night, what it looks like for the AFC East Division and the AFC. Stop me if you've heard this before. The New England Patriots are the top seed in the AFC. Many hearts around the NFL break. We'll look at that and the wild race for the wild card in the NFC. Seven teams within a game of each other for the final two spots in that NFC wild card race. Looking around the NFL as we enter this final month of the regular season. Week 14 in the NFL is on the horizon. We talk a little college football, a lot of college hoops, some great action in the garden tonight. My Syracuse Orange taking on the sixth-ranked team, Villanova. We will break down some of those games, recap some others, go around the association, and for the first two hours here on the morning after, we do it all with one of the co-hosts of the early line, Kevin Walsh, which means on this Tuesday morning, the first two hours of the morning after transform into the early after, right here on Sirius XM, Channel 159, the Sports Grid Network. Kevin Walsh, how do you do? I do great. I am delighted to be here. This is It's where you want to be on a Tuesday morning on this program excited to just talk about it all Monday night football I'm gonna slander the winning team because that's what they deserve but but in in time Ben just happy to be here always excited for some morning after I want to hear some New England Patriots slander I think a lot of people around the NFL are tired of seeing New England even in the post Tom Brady era Mm. at the top of the AFC, but mm. that's where the Pats find themselves after a 14 to 10 win on Monday night football in windy Western New York against the Buffalo Bills. The New England Patriots threw the ball three times. Mac Jones was two for three for 19 yards. They ran the ball 46 times and they dominated the line of scrimmage and won this game 14 to 10, winning outright as a two and a half point underdog. The total that came all the way down to 40 and a hook prior to the game still easily stays under. So, Kev, mm. the Patriots are the hottest team in football. They've won seven straight games. They have covered in seven straight games. They are the only team in the AFC with nine wins. How could you possibly slander this team? Because I hated what they did in this game. Now, now listen, I've seen some folks this morning. It worked. It worked. People think that I'm complaining because I lost an over. Not true. People think I'm complaining because I bet the Bills. I would never <laughs> slander that team all year long. I love to slander to Buffalo. Yeah. Don't think that's not coming while we're here. Here is the thing about what the New England Patriots did. Did it work? Sure. Was this necessary? Does anybody believe that what they did in that game was the absolute necessity of a team? Did they at midfield with a minute and a half left in two timeouts need to sit on the ball and take it into the locker room? No. And I ask you this. 
If Josh Allen on the six-yard line ran forward instead of tripping on one of his offensive linemen and they scored a touchdown and the Patriots lost this game, what would you be saying? Fire Bill Belichick this morning. Take the context for what it is. A game plan that worked, but is certainly not something I'll be praising. Welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here. The opening hour of the morning after on this Tuesday. It's Ben Stevens and Kevin Walsh live in studio in our Midtown Manhattan studios on this Tuesday. Sirius XM, Channel 159, the Mightier 1090 out on the West Coast in all of our radio affiliates. Recapping an ugly game on Monday Night Football. An ugly game that drove people, maybe like OK Dubs, a little bit crazy watching Bill Belichick manipulate that game on the ground, keeping everything on the ground except for three passing attempts for his rookie quarterback, who is minus 500 now, somehow, some way, to win the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year, getting better odds after last night's performance, if you want to call it that, for Mac Jones. More like an early bye week for the rookie signal caller in New England. And Bill Belichick, maybe plus 150 to win mm. the NFL Coach of the Year, the favorite to do so because. He can manipulate a football game like that. Meanwhile, for Buffalo, they have been favored in 11 of 12 games this year, as they were last night, a two-and-a-half-point favorite. They've only covered twice in their last six games. And, Kev, when you look at the AFC East divisional market right now, what a flippity flip we had after last night's results. The New England Patriots now the heavy Odds on favorites at minus 220. They entered last night in plus money. The Pats were plus 110. The second shortest odds behind Buffalo at minus 130. Now the Bills plus 165. Is it too good to be true on New England? I mean, look, they've done enough. I, I Listen, but, but here's the thing on Buffalo. Here, here's, here, here's the thing on Buffalo. Right? Oh, slander, more slander, huh? What do you want me to do, praise him? <laughs> I threw the ball three times they lost at home. The Buffalo Bills are plus 360 to miss the playoffs. They're plus 490 to win the conference. This isn't me. Whoa. It's not me. What do you think? The odds makers decided to wake up for Buffalo slander. This group has put themselves behind the eight ball. Okay? And this is a group that goes next week, and they're a dog for the second time this season. They lose that game. They're seven and six. Not in the top seven. They're not in the top seven right now. Question time in Buffalo has begun. No doubt about it. And we will talk about the Bills, the Patriots, and the rest of the AFC coming up next here on The Morning After. Stay with us on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back right here on the morning after on Sports Grid Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the Sports Grid Network, alongside Kevin Walsh, live in studio this morning. I am Ben Stevens. The first two hours of TMA on this Tuesday transform into the early after. Kevin Walsh, one of the co-hosts and one of the co-hosts of the early line each and every weekday morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern time, right here on the grid, leading into us here 
on the morning after. Okay, Dubs and I are going to look at the AFC right now after the shakeout from last night on Monday night. The New England Patriots are the only nine-win team in the AFC. The New England Patriots own the top seed in the AFC right now at 9-4. and four. The New England Patriots mm. have the second shortest odds to win the AFC Conference crown at plus 350 right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. A dollar and a half of movement in their favor based on one win last night in Buffalo. The New England Patriots are minus 220 to win the AFC East. And Kevin, mm. the New England Patriots are the favorite right now on FanDuel to be the number one seed by the time we get to the postseason in the AFC at plus 135. Listen, I'm not happy about this. Okay. We spent the majority of our lives, you and I, watching Tom Brady and Bill Belichick dominate the AFC. See, we thought maybe after last year that when Tom went to Tampa, Belichick would need a couple of years to figure it out. It took him one year, <laughs> and here are the New England Patriots again at the top of the AFC. I feel like a lot of people around the NFL today are feeling a similar thought. Yeah, I mean, it, it's impressive, no doubt about it. It's a reason why Bill Belichick was thoroughly in the race until the end of the first half, where I personally eliminated him from the race for coach of the year. Again, it, basically, the only way I would vote for Bill is that the last two coaches in the NFL NFL were Bill Belichick and Brandon Staley. Yeah. <laughs> what a fraudulent, fraudulent case that was, but we all knew it the whole way. Here's the interesting thing about all those markets you brought up. Mm-hmm. Pat's being favorites for the number one seed. Now, there's certainly something to currently having that, but all ties in the loss column right now, Ben. So there's a lot of breathing room for those teams that are 8-4, and four, Titans, Chiefs, and Baltimore. Here's the interesting thing about the remaining schedule for the New England Patriots. Off of their bye, they go to Indianapolis. I could be wrong. I think they're dogs in the game. Okay? Then they're home against Buffalo. Tough spot, No, even if they just beat Buffalo on the road. They'll finish it out with Jacksonville and at Miami. They weirdly struggle in Miami, but of course you'll anticipate those being wins for them, no doubt. Here's the thing to me, though, about the Kansas City Chiefs and their 4-1 to price. I don't have to read off the remaining five games. You and I both know they're going to be favored in all of them. Yep. You know that. Because yep. they're the Kansas City Chiefs. They're favored in every single game that they play. And honestly, the same is true of the Tennessee Titans. Their two road games are at Pittsburgh. I think they're favorites. Maybe you'll disagree. And of certainly a game at Houston, we know they'll be favorites there. The difference, though, of course, the Titans losing a head-to-head game against the New England Patriots could make things a little bit difficult. So with all of that being said, the Pats' status as a favorite is fine, but that's not where the value is. The value are the Titans, the Chiefs, and maybe even the Baltimore Ravens, but the Chiefs to me at 4-1 to the most. So let's look at those other three divisional leaders in the AFC right now, starting with the Kansas City Chiefs, who have won five straight football games. They have covered in three mm-hmm. straight and back where a lot of people expected Kansas City to be now for the third straight season. At the top, or at least the favorites, to win the AFC Conference crown at plus 300 right now. Kevin, you brought up what they have remaining. I want to look at their live team win total on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Currently, it is 11.5 in the over to that 11 and a half for a team win total is even money at plus 100. Now, Kansas City has won at least 12 NFL regular season games in the last three years. They would need to win four Mm -hmm. of their remaining five to hit this over and cash that even money ticket. But as 
as you mentioned, they will be a favorite in every game to do so. Do you think Kansas City has a good shot of maybe running the table or at least winning four or five? Absolutely, 100%. So sometimes, you let's break this down into the simplest form imaginable, right? Home this week against Vegas. Mm -hmm. I think most out there will anticipate a Chiefs victory. Okay, let's give them that. Then they are going to play the Chargers on the road on Thursday night football. Ask yourself this. Will the Los Angeles Chargers, coached by Brandon Staley, sweep the Kansas City Chiefs? Absolutely not. So let's give them that. They then have extra rest at home against Pittsburgh. All right, job done. They've now won their first three games. Now, again, there might be spots where you disagree there, but they're going to be favorites in all those games. And if that holds true, final two at Cincy, at Denver, you're talking about better than a field goal favorite in all of those games. You would need to win one of those two to cash that ticket. And again, the thing about the Kansas City Chiefs is we know they're going to be favored in the remainder of their games. That is the truth of the matter here. And here's the other thing about the Kansas City Chiefs. Is their defense right now... It's just good. Yeah, I know that that's hard for a lot of people to understand, but it is. They got Stone Cold Chris Jones back. All of a sudden, Daniel Sorsen went from most picked on to a pick into the end zone the other way. And my goodness, if their offense ever plays well, they might win every single game by 30. Kev, you just saw those highlights against the Las Vegas Raiders, who the Kansas City Chiefs host inside Arrowhead this Sunday, and KC is a a 9.5 point favorite Mm. for that game. The over-under total has dropped by two points already to 48 and a hook. But again, I want to focus on that 9.5. What Kevin and I are talking about Mm. for Kansas City to go over their live team win total with even money on the FanDuel Sportsbook and be in contention for that number one overall seed in the AFC FC playoff picture is not covering a spread so much, but Mm. just winning the football game. Nearly a double-digit spread is a strong indication that KC should very likely at least win outright that football game. And those 41 points they scored against Las Vegas, the only time in the last six for Kansas City, they have scored 25 or more Mm. points, which shows you what? The defense for the Chiefs has been so good here as of late. Now, the eighth-best scoring defense in the league, only allowing on average in their last four contests eight points per game to their opponents. So that's where Kansas City stands, Kevin. Now let's look at the Tennessee Titans, who are coming Mm. off of a bye, hoping to get healthier and healthier. There are some reports that King Henry might be able to come back for the final couple of weeks of this regular season. You see Tennessee there at minus 1,200 to win the AFC South. Very, very strong odds to win that division. There's a reason their odds to make the playoffs aren't even on the board right now because of the fact they are in such firm control of the AFC South. So, Kev, where exactly in your mind are the Titans right now in that AFC playoff picture? They are standing in a circle that is designated for the team with the single most value in the AFC market at plus 950. Because what you just said, they're going to make the playoffs. We know they're going to make the playoffs. Their lead over the Indianapolis Colts is essentially three due to the fact that they swept that team, which means they're going to have a home game. And here's the thing about the Tennessee Titans. It's about context. It's always about context. When that team was healthy... They were maybe the best team in the AFC. Heck, maybe had a case to be the best team in the sport. They, they really might have. They're not healthy anymore. See, sometimes things are simple. This isn't a case of, oh, I knew the Titans were fraudulent. I knew that team wasn't good enough. No, you didn't. Julio's not there. A.J. Brown's not there. And, of course, Derrick Henry's not there. But when you're betting Tennessee Titans playoff games, the expectation, bet at least, is A.J. Brown will be there. Julio Jones will be there. Yep. And Derrick Henry will be there. And if that is true... 
the Tennessee Titans at plus 950 is just a tremendous piece of value. And you might think it wasn't the most legitimate of a shot against teams like KC when they were struggling, knocking off Buffalo, even beating the LA Rams on the road without King Henry. Right. But listen to those teams that Tennessee has already beaten this year. They can certainly live up to their snuff against the best in the AFC. They got as short at as plus 500 to win the AFC conference crown. Now the fifth shortest odds all the way back to plus 950. If Tennessee gets healthier and healthier, then they might have a good shot of cashing in on some of that value. An eight and a half point favorite against the Jacksonville Jaguars in their first game off of a bye this upcoming Sunday. Quickly, Kevin, I want to finish with the Baltimore Ravens, yeah. who you see there in the AFC picture at plus 750. I'll make this final point. We can get your thoughts on the other side of the break. The Baltimore Ravens have left a lot to be desired this year, and I look at their record against the spread as a favorite. They have been favored in 10 of their 11 games, or excuse me, 10 of their 12 games, and they are just 3-7 and seven against the spread. We'll touch on Baltimore and then flip it over to the NFC on the other side of the break right here on the morning after. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Right back here on the morning after on Sports Grid Sirius XM, Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens alongside Kevin Walsh, both of us live in studio. When I say alongside on these Tuesday mornings, I truly and thoroughly mean it. Here we are. The morning after becomes the early after on these Tuesday mornings for the opening two hours. And then we bring you until noon Eastern time. So Kevin and I are looking at the playoff picture really on both sides. First, we are focusing on the top of the AFC. Following a fallout from last night's Monday night victory, the New England Patriots becoming the top seed in the AFC. The only team in the AFC to win nine games so far this year with a 14-10 win, winning outright as a two-and-a-half-point underdog against the New England, or excuse me, against the Buffalo Bills. And Kev, one final point I want to make on New England that we didn't bring up earlier. They also have a 7-1 conference record. 7-1 versus AFC foes. That could be huge Mm -hmm. in deciding tiebreakers for that number one overall seed by the time we get to the postseason. A team that's near the top, but has certainly come down the board over the last couple of weeks, the Baltimore Ravens. They were minus 200 entering this past weekend before a game against the Pittsburgh Steelers to win the AFC North. They lost that football game outright as a four-point favorite on the road in Pittsburgh, now just minus 160 to win the AFC North. They were plus 400, plus 450 just a couple of weeks ago, the third shortest odds to win the AFC. Now they have the fourth shortest odds this morning at plus 750. I made the point that I think right now the flock is slightly fraudulent because you look at their numbers against the spread. Mm -hmm. Three and seven ATS in the 10 of 12 games, they have been booked as a favorite this year. That, to me, shows that when it comes to beating the best in the AFC, how will they perform in the postseason? What do you make 
of where Baltimore is right now. Baltimore's been one of my favorite teams that you and I discuss. And I think those against the numbers trends are really important for what we're about to talk about here. Because the Chiefs were horrible against the spread last year. Yeah. I went to the Super Bowl. And I've continued to bring up the Kansas City Chiefs and talking about the Baltimore Ravens. And people might have their heads spinning. But here's the thing about the Kansas City Chiefs for the you know two-year Super Bowl run that they're technically still on. Is they get down and they find a way. And when they found a way, be like, you know, you know, Mahomes is always going to find a way, man. Isn't he always just going to find a way? And the the tale on Lamar is you better be playing from in front. I mean, that guy can't go win you a football game. <laughs> Lamar has had that mystique clouded over him so much that my man Donnie Wrightside said that the decision to go for two is a good one because what was Lamar going to do? Uh, go march down the field and score a touchdown? Brother, Donnie. brother, they just did that, right? <laughs> and that's the thing about the Baltimore Ravens is they're now doing this in a way that nobody is accustomed to. But with that being said, yeah, I'd like to see him win a couple games comfortable. I mean, can we can we roll someone here? I mean, when, when was the last time when the, oh, the fraudulent Chargers walked into town? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's been a long time since the Ravens have cruised. But the good thing is, if you're out there, like everybody else, basically, and you're a little unsure of Baltimore, you're going to get your answer here over these last five weeks. At Cleveland, home versus the Packers. At the Bengals, home versus the Rams. Home versus the Steelers. It's very simple. They will be one of three things after those five games. Super Bowl favorites, Mm. legit contenders, or outright frauds, as a lot of people seem to think they are. And one final point about this AFC North. Because Baltimore right now just one and two straight up in the division this year. Meanwhile, Cincinnati is three and one straight up in the AFC North and against the spread in that division. Since he's also plus 270 to win it right now. I bring that up because you just heard about how difficult Baltimore's schedule is with one game against Cincinnati, who the Bengals blew out Baltimore a couple of weeks ago. There might be some value if Baltimore continues to struggle and since he is able to find their way. Kev, what I find so interesting, mm. before we flip it over to the NFC, the Baltimore Ravens, on the road this week, I get it, are a two-and-a-half-point underdog against the Cleveland Browns. That line stood out to me because as Baltimore has struggled as a favorite, they're a perfect 2-0 and ATS as an underdog, winning outright in both of those games. Does the number look wrong to you? Yeah, it does. I think the wrong team's favorite. I, I tell you, the Cleveland Browns are toast. Mm. Their offense is broken. Sorry, it wasn't Odell's fault. Back-to-back games with a touchdown. <gasps> the people in Cleveland watch Rams games? Probably not. Yeah. Probably not. Probably still sulking, worry, <laughs> like watching old, weird Baker highlights that exist in like a three-week window. Here's the deal, right? If anybody out there goes, listen, the Browns are going to come and get healthy off the bye. No, they're not. The Cleveland Browns told everybody that Baker Mayfield's athleticism was back going into Sunday night football. He had a one-yard scramble and then basically looked like he pulled his groin. Mm. Baker's not going to get healthy until the offseason, and they're going to continue to play with an unhealthy quarterback. The last time we saw the Cleveland Browns, Ben, was a game against the Baltimore Ravens. A lot of people left that game with, Cleveland should have won that game. Should they have? Lamar was picked four times and they lost by six. No, they're lucky that they were even remotely competitive in a game. If that was the end result, I'm sorry. I look at that Cleveland team as Texas toast. Totally, totally done. 
If you want to look for highlights of Baker Mayfield and feel something about that athleticism, go back and watch him hitting the whip at Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. And Odell Beckham Jr.'s father, Odell Beckham Sr., I believe, will be cutting up highlight tapes of Kevin Walsh now, oh, highlighting man. that his son was not the issue for the offense in Cleveland. By the way, the Browns 2-4 and four ATS as a favorite this year. They've only covered once in their last four games. All right, now to the NFC, because in the AFC, we focused on the teams mm. at the top following Monday night football between the Patriots and the Buffalo Bills. Mm. In the NFC right now, Kevin, you have seven teams within a single game of each other competing for those two final NFC wildcard spots, the sixth and seventh seed in the NFC postseason. Mm -hmm. Seven teams within a single game. So let's run through this board right now. These are in the list of the standings as it would currently stand if the season were to end today. Not by their odds on the FanDuel Sportsbook to make the postseason because very clearly and very quickly, you will see Washington at plus 114. They would be the number six seed if the season ended today, but the Niners in that seventh spot actually have much better odds to make the postseason at minus 230. Your Philadelphia Eagles on the outside looking in currently at plus 146. The Vikings plus 270. The Panthers have a tiebreaker advantage over the Falcons, who have a tiebreaker advantage over the Saints. But look at the difference in odds there. The Panthers at plus 1850. The Falcons at plus 1120. And the Saints at plus 320. Oh, by the way, this doesn't even include the Seattle Seahawks, a 4-8 and eight football team that maybe is still alive. So, Kevin, this NFC wildcard race is... A wild race, pun very much intended. Mm. When you look at those odds, what comes to your mind? Mm. What does jump out when you stare at those odds? Uh oh. Man? I mean, is it. <coughs> is it. <coughs> is it the birds? I mean, are, I mean, are these boys live or what? But here's the thing about the Eagles being live everyone told you so. Again, not just me, right? Ben told you the whole way because. The schedule. Mm. This was supposed to happen. It was supposed to open up. Now, the Eagles have to, of course, capitalize and not only score seven points against the New York Giants and lose a game, but go out there and play a Jets team that I think just gave up another touchdown, if you listen closely, to a random walk-by high school group. <laughs> They hit the bye, the Philadelphia Eagles, and then host the Washington football team. Obviously, the games need to play out. Washington favored to lose this week against the Dallas Cowboys. Mm -hmm. Both would enter 6-7. and seven. If the Eagles can win at home off a bye, which is often the expectation for most teams, whether they are good, bad, great, or the birds, then you are going to have an opportunity to be inside that top seven. Pair that with the fact that the teams that are most threatening based on the awesome odds board that you guys have created here, Minnesota, a tricky spot on Thursday night football against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the San Francisco 49ers taking their show on the road against the Cincinnati Bengals. It is very mm. realistic. I understand maybe not the favorite outcome, but it is very realistic that the Eagles sit there on the bye and watch all three of the teams sat around them lose this week. The Niners have a very difficult schedule, or at least relative to teams like the Washington football team and the Philadelphia yeah. Eagles here down the stretch. Cincy, L.A. to end the year, and then throw in maybe a healthier Tennessee squad yeah. by the time we get to a couple of weeks here down the line. So the Niners right now at minus 230, the best odds to make the postseason, would technically put them in that sixth spot 
based on the predictive odds we have on the FanDuel Sportsbook. And there is a considerable drop-off from where the Niners are to their divisional opponent in the LA Rams, who have the fifth-best odds to make the postseason at minus 2,500. But look at what the Niners have left. Only one more game, thankfully for them, against their own division in the NFC West. Kevin is right. The Eagles on the bye this week get to sit back and look pretty. They were plus 225 Mm -hmm. entering this past weekend before the win over the Jets. They are now plus 146. The Washington football team probably had the most movement in their favor from plus 360 to plus 114 and the Washington football team in a good spot for the football team as of right now as an underdog Kev Mm -hmm. against the Dallas Cowboys they have won four straight outright as a dog but does the fun run out against Dallas I I think so it should but also give Washington credit because they've continued to find a way here I just think Dallas is a better football team coming off of a mini buy but I'll also say this when you go through these odds here if you want to grind out profit I'd be pretty surprised if at least one of the Eagles and the Washington football team couldn't make the postseason both at a plus price and if both were to come in you'd have yourself a whale of a play dropping you know money down on both teams there saying I'm getting one of two and maybe both isn't a bad way to play this market not at all and when you look at the Vikings again they were plus 100 entering the weekend against the Lions and then they lost to the Detroit Lions, giving the Lions their first win of the year. That's how tough that loss was for the Minnesota side of things. We go to the association up next here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The morning after on this Tuesday morning continues right here on SportsGrid. Sirius XM Channel 159 alongside Kevin Walsh on this Tuesday morning of TMA. That becomes the early after. I am Ben Stevens. If you miss anything from this fantastic program, yes, we say program here on this program, make sure (laughs) to check out our social media, at SportsGrid and at SportsGridTV on Twitter and then at SportsGridTV on Instagram. You want clips from this fun show, you want insight, whatever you need, we post it to the socials because we stay hip and we stay with it, as we will do here. What? That was hip and that was with it. What? That was hip and that was with it. That was terrible. We stay hip and we stay with it. Don't do that. All right. Maybe we're done with the social media reads then. (laughs) Whatever. We we keep going here on a Tuesday. And we flip from the NFL to the association. The National Basketball Association to be exact. And Kevin, Mm. the Cleveland Cavaliers have the best against the spread record in all of the NBA. This year, Cleveland is 18-5-2 against the number, and although they lost last night by eight points to the Milwaukee Bucks, the spread got steamed up to eight and a hook, and the Cleveland Cavaliers cover once again. They're just 13-12 and 12 straight up this year, Cleveland, but again, 18-5-2 against the spread, and they have covered in eight straight games. Cleveland, baby. Yeah, it's incredible, but it's also, 
I don't want to say predictable. It, 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 it being the Cavs is surprising. What I mean about it being predictable, last year's New York Knicks team, right? Best team against the number, only team that was better than a 60% cover rate throughout the entire season. Why they were able to do that, preseason expectations for the Knicks were nowhere near them finishing as a top four seed in the Eastern Conference. The Cleveland Cavaliers were supposed to be a bottom three team in this conference, I think, for a lot of people. Except they're above 500. So basically, if you would have told me, hey, through 25 games, they're 13 and 12, you'd have to know that they were going to have a great, great uh, spot against the number. The interesting thing about Cleveland and why I think so much of that value has been able to stick around is they have battled through injuries. So even when it's like, oh, they're covering a bunch, but now they're hurt. Now they won't cover, and they've still found ways here. And now they're getting back, obviously, a little bit healthier. Jared Aaron uh, and Evan Mobley back in the lineup here. Obviously, we know Colin Sexton won't be coming back. But this is a spot also where it's it's one of those deals like, oh, how'd they cover? It was an eight and a half point spread, and with 25 seconds left, Jared Allen made a shot, and the Bucks dribbled out the clock. You know what I like sometimes, but but that's how you stay hot. That's how you continue to roll against the number. I will say this: the New York Knicks again, the only team that finished last year at a better than sixty percent cover rate. Right now, the Cavs are covering better than seventy-five percent of their games. This will come around. If this look, if they finish with a sixty-three percent cover rate, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. You're going to lose a lot of money if you're blind betting the Cavs, though, as this starts to even out. And Kevin's right. It's a predictive nature, right? Everybody expected Cleveland and still holds on to some of those reservations not to be a great basketball team this year. And being a game above 500 straight up is even better than where we expected Cleveland to be 25 games in to this NBA regular season. Why am I saying that? They have been booked as an underdog in 21 of the 23 games so far this season for the Cavs. And as an underdog, 16-5-1 and one against the spread, alluding to Kevin's point, a 76.2% cover percentage as an underdog this year. Also, Giannis, another double-double last night. He has the second shortest odds to win the NBA MVP at plus 500. And if you weren't here in the middle part of October, on another edition of the early after, when Kevin Walsh sat not in this seat, but one up in Queens and said to you, (laughs) Evan Mobley is going to win the NBA Rookie of the Year, and you didn't listen, you should have. Because at that point, Evan Mobley was plus 1350. Now he is plus 220 as the favorite to do so. Okay, Dubs, not the CLV done yet, but looking pretty good. It certainly is. I will say though, it, it's one of those if you if you're if you're lucky enough to be holding on to that, you know, better than 13 to 1 ticket there on Evan Mobley, you already seen injury strike. Last year, every single award was impacted by injury and yes that includes the MVP that Nikola Jokic won LeBron was the first person to flip to a minus money favorite and it's you know it involved Karis LeVert as a big favorite for sixth man of the year Christian Wood was supposed to win most improved last year until injury and the list goes on and on and on Evan Mobley was a favorite I think already shorter than plus 220 Mm -hmm. But then miss time. You can tell that Cade Cunningham and Scotty Barnes will be a part of this conversation. The thing that you have, though, with that 13-to-1 ticket is protection. Mobley will be here down the stretch. If, if Cunningham or Barnes not pulls away from Mobley, but pulls away from the other, 
You then can grab a second piece of that puzzle, and you should be good to go when we start handing out awards. Boom. Profitability right here around the association, who has been very profitable here as of late. The Memphis Grizzlies, yeah. they go on the road last night. They get a big 15-point victory over the Miami Heat in South Florida, winning 105-90. to The Memphis Grizzlies have won five straight games. They have covered in five straight games. Last night, winning outright as a five-and-a-half-point underdog. And they are doing all of this without their star young point guard in Ja Morant. All five starters last, though, last night, though, in his absence, Kevin, score in double digits. So the Memphis Grizzlies win their fifth straight game as a five-and-a-half-point underdog, winning outright, and they cover for five straight games. Memphis also on a heater right now. This is ridiculous what this team is doing. So they, they lose their best player, John Morant, no questions about it, their best player. Now, it, it was pretty early into that Atlanta game. They end up losing by 32. And if you watch that game, you go, oh, wow, th mm -hmm. this is going to be bad. And they've not only now won five in a row, they're covering, they're covering comfortably. They beat Sacramento by 27. They go on the road to Toronto and win because everybody wins in Toronto, despite betting that team win total <laughs> over because they would protect home court. They beat the Oklahoma City Thunder by a number I don't think I'm allowed to say on air because right. I don't think we are rated at that disgusting of a level. The Dallas Mavericks, they went on the road by seven. They beat the Miami Heat by 15 on the road. Now, unfortunately, we do not get Coach of the Year odds in the NBA in the way that we do in the NFL. But Taylor Jenkins, my goodness, how, how could he not be your favorite? Sat here at 14 and 10, and this run that they're on right now, I, I mean, this is truly tremendous stuff here from the Memphis Grizzlies. And I'll tell you what, take that and, and carry it over to a team that is a minus 122 to make the postseason and consider it because right now look look at the state of, of both conferences but we'll talk we're talking about the west here 14 and 10 they are one of only four teams that are better than one game above 500 in this entire conference and they're expecting john morant back at some point here memphis is going to be in the mix at the minimum taylor jenkins the head coach of the memphis grizzlies everybody sitting at that desk today knew that that was the case of who was the head coach <laughs> knew his name for sure both guys at this desk right now That's knew who I... the head coach of the memphis grizzlies mm -hmm. is so kev as we look at the eastern conference miami hasn't been great no. as a favorite here especially as of late they've lost four of their last five games just eight and ten against the spread as a favorite this year but yet they still have the third best odds mm -hmm. to win the eastern conference they had their odds cut in half from the beginning of the year they're at plus 500 yes. and that's where they remain the brooklyn nets still the favorites in the east plus 145 the bucks the reigning nba champions plus 300 the sixers there at plus 950 they won in overtime last night the uh, Chicago Bulls did not win in overtime. They just won in regulation, and they have won five straight games. They are currently tied for the best record in the Eastern Conference. They were 26-1 to before the year got underway. Now 12-1 to to win the Eastern Conference. Chicago certainly catches my eye. They should as well because look at the state of the Brooklyn Nets. They've played this team twice. They can't beat this team. You know why? Brooklyn can't beat any good team right now. So it's been really interesting to go back and forth with the they need Kyrie, they don't need Kyrie, they'll be fine. And at times I've looked at the Brooklyn Nets and where they sit in the Eastern Conference with the best record at 16 and 7. And I go, can't believe anybody's panicked about this group. And then I remember they lose to every good team they play. I mean, 
Golden State walked into their building, smoked them. Mm. Opening night, Milwaukee, smoked them. Phoenix, second leg of a back-to-back. Ooh, our win streak's going to lose. No, it's not. Bulls in Chicago, smoked them. They have consistently struggled here with the upper echelon of this league, the Brooklyn Nets. And that's the thing. Harden-Durant duo is good enough to run Orlando and Detroit out out of the gym anytime you need to do that. But apparently... It's not enough, and I guess the Joe Harris injury factors in as well. It's not enough for the rest of these teams. I know you have to kind of book Brooklyn, Ben, as if Kyrie's going to return, because I'm sure if there was a will Kyrie return market, the yes would be favorites. But I'll, I'll say it like this. This current iteration of the Brooklyn Nets do not deserve to be favorites for the NBA championship, really, or the Eastern Conference. The Nets 8-14-1 against the number. We'll preview a Brooklyn Nets game on the road tonight in Texas against the Dallas Mavericks Mm. later in our second hour. But as we go to the Western Conference, the Phoenix Suns had their 17-game winning streak snapped by the Golden State Warriors on Friday night. But Phoenix still winning basketball games, starting a new streak last night, winning by four over the San Antonio Spurs. However, Phoenix did not cover. They have not covered in their last three games. And as we highlighted how good the Cavs have been against the number, the San Antonio Spurs also pretty good against the number, covering as a seven and a half point dog last night, 13 to nine against the spread, the sixth best ATS mark in the NBA. But Kev, the Suns still a 20 and four straight up record tied for the best record in the NBA with a team that beat them a couple of nights ago, the Golden State Warriors. Look, here's the thing with the the Phoenix Suns, though. I don't know how they're... They're a 500 team against the number, and that's very surprising because Golden State's tremendous against the number, right? Golden State wins every game. Last year, we said, right, the Knicks were the best team against the number in the NBA. Teams two and three, Phoenix and Utah, two best records in the entire league. Winning does lead to covering. I mean, that is very often going to be the case here, especially early season. That is the thing about Phoenix that's a little bit surprising is that they're very rarely a team. You just go, oh, are they playing? Boom, perfect. Let me take the Phoenix Suns. Like, mm. That team was on, what, 17, 18-game win streak, and mm. you're only 500 against the number. That is just a very odd thing there, but it, it shows that they kind of play with their food a little bit, Chiefs-esque, if you will. Mm. They go, oh, what's that, a six-point game and six minutes left. All right, Chris Paul, run pick and roll every single time and then score or assist every single time. And then he just, and he just does that, and then they win the game. Kevin's right. I sold the Phoenix Suns short. It was an 18-game winning streak mm. that was snapped by the Golden State Warriors. However, the Golden State Warriors tied with the Suns with a 20-4 and straight-up record as the best record in the NBA. But Kevin's right. If you're going to blind bet one of the best teams in the NBA, it should be Golden State because despite being a 16-point favorite last night against the Orlando Magic, the Golden State Warriors easily cover that number. They are 17-6-1 against the spread. The second best cover percentage in the NBA, only behind Cleveland, and they are covering by 6.9 points per game, the second best cover margin in the NBA. So Golden State not only just winning basketball games, also covering spreads in NBA basketball games. The Golden State Warriors plus 290 to win the West. As the favorites, the Phoenix Suns, the second shortest odds at plus 390. We will break down some more around the association later in hour number two. Three games tonight. We'll talk about all of them coming up here in hour number two. First, we close out hour number one. Stay with us on the other side of the break here on The Grid. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We round out our number one on this Tuesday right here on the morning after on SportsGrid by hearing from you. You are listening on Sirius XM Channel 159 all across the SportsGrid network alongside Kevin Walsh for this first hour. And yeah, we're pretty lucky. A second hour as well. I am Ben Stevens. But before we round out our number one, all the conversation around the AFC in the NFL. The New England Patriots, 9-4, and four, the top seed? No, say it ain't so. Let's find out how you feel about it and fade the public. All right, Kevin Walsh, it's a same story we have seen many a time. The Patriots are currently the number one seed in the AFC. Will they win the conference? We asked the public. The answers were simple, yes or no. And the public, about 55% of them on this active poll at SportsGrid TV on Twitter are saying the New England Patriots are going to win the AFC. Are you fading the public? That's right. I mean, that's how I usually like to start my Tuesdays, by <laughs> fading the public. You know, I, I grab a bowl of Cheerios, a little fade the public, and I just I just go on about, about my day here. I don't think they're going to win because I don't think their quarterback can win a game. You know who agrees with me? Bill Belichick. Yeah, I think so. He doesn't think that guy can win a game either. He, he, he has one game-winning drive this year. It was against the Houston Texans. It was a 15-play drive. It led to a field goal, and he completed three passes on the drive. Belichick doesn't trust this guy. And I'm sorry, but you're not going to be in the perfect game script every single time you play. You're going to have to go out there one of these times and do something. You know what he's going to do? Throw pick six like he did to Trayvon Diggs. And hopefully then on the next play, the Dallas Cowboys won't tackle one another and leave a guy wide open for 75 yards. Yes, I'm fading the public. He threw three pass attempts last night. Also looked so funny wearing his scuba suit. Honey, grab my scuba suit. That's a reference to the Incredibles. Anyway, that was interesting to see Mac Jones last night. Look rather, I mean, are we going to get to our number no. two? Question has to be asked. Mm -hmm. Mac Jones, by the way, minus 500 to win the NFL Offensive Should Rookie of the be. Year as we try to get this train back on the tracks. Our number two of the morning after and the early after. Up next here on The Grid, stay with us on the morning after. <laughs> 